Hey everybody, so before we jump into today's podcast, I just wanted to A, thank you guys, give you a little bit of a reminder. If you enjoy this content, however you're watching it, consuming it, please like, follow, subscribe, whatever you gotta do, comment on it. If you can, leave us a review. It really helps us out and it can help grow our platform and reach more people. And if you know someone that can benefit from this, please share it with them. If you have a question, if you wanna reach out to us, let us know. And then lastly, we have all of our amazing programs, courses, and coaching available in the resources below. So check that out. Definitely take advantage of it. We have everything from free options all the way up to paid programs and everything in between to fit pretty much anyone's budget. And it's just a matter of how customized it's going to be based on the price point. So there's really something for everybody. Thank you guys. Let's get on into the episode. Yeah, fighters, what's going on, everybody? It's Mike here, episode 107. And this one's going to be a little bit of a special one because we're not going over a particular book or any in particular topic or any guests. We're actually going to be breaking down a full workout protocol I wrote up for a one-week program for our partners over at Kawhi Fit. And this has been an app company we've been going back and forth with for over a year now. And they've been developing some awesome programs, uh, some awesome plans with uh, myself and some other coaches that we work with and also some other coaches that we don't work with. They have a variety of plans on their website that you can find in the links below. And they have a really cool Bluetooth headphone uh, that you can wear that'll not only obviously play audio, you can take calls on, all that fun stuff, but it's going to track the speed at which you're training, running, moving, biking, whatever the activity is, it's going to track you. It's also going to be able to check your heart rate and it's going to be able to integrate the programs that I'm writing that we're going through Kawhi Fit into your ears. So while you're working out, listening to your music, you're going to hear either myself or whoever the coach is for that program speaking in your ear saying, all right, this is the next exercise we got coming up. This is the amount of time or the amount of reps we're doing it for. This is the equipment that you need. We also mentioned that obviously in the details in the description prior. And I thought it would just be a really cool uh, give back to the Life of a Fighter audience to be able to just do a podcast where we break down the actual program, the workouts, the days, the whole deal. And then if you guys like it, you can actually purchase a set of headphones from, the, again, the link below. You can buy a program. It's for $199 on the actual app and on for the actual headphones. Or if you just want to use the program, you can check it out, again, like I said, in our podcast. But for all of our fitness and nutrition members and vault members, I'm going to be giving an exclusive spreadsheet that will not only have the audio, but it will also have the full workout protocol broken down with the audio that can go along with it. Now, again, it's not going to necessarily sync up to the headphones or anything that you have, but if you have an app, a smartphone, you can hook it up to your Google Drive. We're going to have a link for it there, or you could just pull it up from our website and listen to it from there and again. It's not going to track your speed, but it'll at least give you um, the information that you need in the workouts. And you can, we'll even recommend some apps that you can integrate it with or at least use for your interval timers or for your distance tracking or anything like that. So that's kind of the specialty of this one. I'm really excited because we've been going back and forth with Kawhi Fit. I've been writing these programs for a while now and we finally got everything kind of synced up. So this is going to be the first of many programs we're going to be releasing with uh, Kawhi Fit. And again, guys, I think the idea of it's really cool because not only you can wear these Bluetooth headphones, but they can also go in the water with you. So whether you're swimming or um, even if you're just someone that sweats when you run like me, for example, I actually uh, 
basically broke my um, last set of Bluetooth headphones because it was running it during my last half marathon and I was just sweating so much that they just crapped out. It wasn't the batteries. I actually checked it. I sent it back. They said, yeah, yeah, you got water damage. Sorry. This isn't covered by warranty. So too bad for you. And I just thought that was interesting. Now with the, what Quifit's doing and and what kind of the market is demanding for, this is perfect. It's a great partner with us and I'm excited to be able to be doing it. So what we're doing is we have a peak performance one week program. Now the idea behind this isn't just that in one week, obviously you're going to be able to drastically improve your performance for an activity and that's all you need. The idea is this is just one of the weeks of an eight or anywhere from really like, ultimately I want to build up to four, six, eight, 10, 12 week protocols and we're doing it week by week. So this is the first week and we're releasing them slowly but surely. I want to see the response we get for week one. This is our peak performance one. Another one I'm working on is a six pack sprints one where it's basically just integrating sprints and core work so you can increase your metabolic rate while also working on your core. So those abs are looking nice. Your entire core will look nice for uh, warm weather or just to also ultimately impact performance. And then what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to recommend tying certain programs and protocols together where you could take peak performance one week program and then do a following week of our six pack sprints. And then we'll also say a following week of another variation. And we'll show you guys how to combine those together, which I think is cool and exciting and all that fun stuff. So without further ado, like I said, let's break it down. For this program, we're going to be doing four sessions, okay? And the idea is we're breaking it up into two upper body and two lower body sessions. And really, they're going to be basically the same session because I don't want to do too much change in the beginning. We want to at least allow for a two to four week period where you're not only um, trying either a new movement or something that may just be specifically focusing on speed and explosiveness, obviously for a peak performance. The idea behind this program and the protocol is if you're leading up to a fight, if you're any kind of athlete leading up to a game or an event, this is for one singular day of performance. This isn't for an entire season. This is leading up to one week, day, um, whatever specific event it is. So whether it's a playoff game, a Super Bowl, championship, again, like I said, a fight, a grappling match, a tournament, anything like that, this is going to be great for, or just let's say um, a race, anything like that. Now, endurance athletes, this may not be specifically the best thing for you because you're going to need a different type of energy system to develop, but for anyone else or even just to look good, this is going to be a great program for you. All right, like I said, we're doing two upper, two lower bodies. And the the upper body is going to be the same for both days and the lower body is going to be the same for both days. But what the one thing we're going to do is, and you can even repeat this, even though this is saying a one-week program, you can actually repeat this program for two, even four weeks on your own. And as long as you're sticking to the idea of we want to increase the resistance. So we're trying to increase anywhere from 5 to 10% resistance. Again, keeping in mind that this is going to be leading up to an event. So you don't want to put yourself in a dangerous position of risking injury. So you can increase or you could just say, hey, are you still feeling good? If it starts to negatively impact how you feel, then you pull it back and you don't necessarily increase the weight or the resistance. You just continuously perform these activities. All right. So let's look at uh, what the equipment we're going to need is. We're going to need a barbell. We're going to have dumbbells. You can either use a cable column or if you don't have access to it, we can use resistance bands as well. I'm a big fan of resistance bands, not just while at the gym or in any environment, but anywhere we can go, especially for someone that travels. Resistance bands are small. They can provide us with a good amount of resistance, even a high quality amount, and they're not going to be weighing us down. So pull out anywhere, any position, we can get a pretty much total body workout. Um, ideally, we want an adjustable bench that can go incline and flat. If not, a flat bench will do, or even 
any kind of flat surface, whether it's the ground, a table, anything that you can use that's flat. And ultimately, if in an ideal situation, we want to have an incline variation, an option for it. And then we have a physio ball and a trap bar. If we don't have access to a trap bar, you can use, again, a barbell, and we can use our variation from there. Now, the way the schedule is going to work is, like I said, we have two upper and two lower. We're not going to go two upper back-to-back or two lower back-to-back. We're going to do an upper body, and then the following day, we're going to be using a lower body. Then we're going to have a day off, and then we're going to repeat that cycle again and then take two days off. That'll be our full week. So, for example, on Monday, we're going to be doing our upper body session. Now, I leave this up to you guys because I actually like, um, depending on how I feel, doing lower body on Mondays because Monday's legs day get a nice big boost for the um, the week where your testosterone can come up and then also it's just kind of getting it out of the way and starting with in my opinion lower body days are the roughest days for me so I really like getting that out of the way first but again I started the program with an upper body one to kind of ease you guys into the week I leave that up to you and also everyone likes to kind of I think start off the week with chest and bench press and upper body movements so I kind of gave into that aspect of it, but you can really do either one. The idea is as long as we're doing an upper or lower body session and then switching to the opposite. So if we did an upper body on Monday, we're going to do a lower body on Tuesday. We're going to take Wednesday off. Wednesday is always going to be an off day. Thursday, we're going to do upper body again. And then uh, Friday, we're going to do lower body. And then Saturday and Sunday, we're going to take off. Now, again, you could do the opposite. We do lower body first on Monday. And then Tuesday, you're going to do upper. Wednesday, you're going to take off. Thursday, you're going to do lower. Friday, you're going to do upper. And then Saturday and Sunday, you're still going to be off. So there's a basic template that we're going to use for this particular program. Now, that's going to change depending on the program and depending on the outcome and the goal. But that's what we're looking at. So for exercise number one of upper body day number one, Monday of our first week, we're going to be starting with And you're going to notice also for our rep range and because of what we're looking to do for performance, we're trying to maintain somewhat of our strength while also working on our explosiveness and having our fast twitch muscle fibers be able to work more or less. And this will be, this is a very general kind of program. When I say general, I mean like we don't have a sports specific protocol here. So I'm not saying this is specifically for boxers or specifically for football players. So there's some general movements and some applications here that depending on what sport you're playing, we can even get more specific, but this will pretty much have you covered. We we cover pretty much both our anterior and posterior muscle groups, how they're going to synergistically have to work together in many situations and just kind of get the basics of it covered. So we're starting off with our first exercise, eight reps of our low incline dumbbell chest press. So again, it's at an incline, but instead of it being at 45 degrees, we're maybe going to have it at 15 to 20 degrees. And we're looking to stay, and we have a heart rate zone breakdown on Kawhi Fit with our headphones. It's going to be able to check your heart rate. So we know what head, uh, I'm sorry, heart rate zone you're going to be in. And for this one, heart rate zone three, we want it to be about 150 to 160 beats per minute. Again, assuming a basic information because of an age factor, we're assuming, let's say it's 25 to 30. So we would do about a percentage of our max heart rate to really get that. But realistically, if you stay between 70 to 80% of your max heart rate for this, even low, you could go 65 to 75% of your max heart rate. That's going to be a good zone. Okay. So again, we have eight repetitions here. And the key to this is going to be our tempo for all of our movements, how we're controlling the weight. The big expression I always like is control the weight. Don't let the weight control you. So what that means is 
when we're moving through whatever our range of motion and space is, we want to make sure that we have control over that weight. It's not flailing all about, especially on the lowering phase. A lot of times I see people that want to press a lot of weight and just move it fast and get a lot of reps in, and they're just not controlling that weight, and it's jerking all about, and you're really actually going to end up hurting your body and risking injury more than anything else. So I'd rather see you start with lower weights and control it and have the proper form, then pick up and go from there. You actually get better results that way anyway. All right, with all that being said, again, we have eight reps. Should take about 40 seconds because we're going to be doing a five-second tempo breakdown per rep. So eight reps times five seconds, 40 seconds. Simple math. So we're going to do a three-second lower. So if we're starting with the dumbbells at the top motion, okay, going overhead, we're going to come down for a count of three. We're going to pause one second just with the weight just above our chest. It's not resting on our chest. We're just an inch above. And then we're going to explosively come up. Should take about a second to come. If not, a little bit quicker. That's great. One second coming up as fast as we can. So we're firing that fast twitch muscle fiber. Again, this is the because it's an anterior-based forward movement of pressing, we're going to be benefiting our throwing or uh, punching movement muscles and anything, again, like we said, from throwing movements for baseball players, football players, any kind of variation of the throw, or again, our boxers, strikers, stand-up fighters, uh, any kind of combat athlete. It's going to be great. All right, so then we're going to take a one-minute rest. Okay, and honestly, for this, we could take all the way up to two minutes rest because we're focusing on power. Um, the rest periods can be a little bit longer. You don't have to necessarily rush to get back to the next set. At this point, we shouldn't be too concerned with body composition as far as leaning up. You may even get a little bit leaner just because of the demand of these movements, but that shouldn't be the main goal at this particular point. All right, so second exercise. And we're going to do all of these exercises consecutively as one giant superset, and then we're going to end up doing them four sets all together. So this is one giant superset, okay? So second exercise is going to be eight reps of our neutral grip pull-ups. For our neutral grips, that means our palms are going to be facing each other. So if you don't have that kind of bar available, you could always go with a chin-up grip. That means your palms are facing you. And the key for our pull-up is going to be, again, the tempo and the range of motion at which we're using. So a lot of times we get caught in the concept of we want to get more reps and you'll go into what I call cheat reps or what a lot of people refer to as cheat reps where you're not getting full range of motion, you're not getting all the way into your arm extension and you're just kind of staying in a flex position because you're continuously, yes, and I'll give the idea that we're continuously having contraction there, but we want a full range of motion contraction because the way we fire our muscles, again, the concept of um, – neurons that fire together, wire together. So you don't want to have that habit of all the neurological pathways going from your brain to your muscles when you do a full pull-up not being as comfortable as if you're doing a half pull-up, okay? Because you're going to enveloply build those neurological pathways to a point where they fire easier and faster and you're going to get stuck into a rut of doing that same exact thing. And it'll be even harder to fight that if you build up those pathways over time. So just keep that in mind, full range of motion, arms are fully extended all the way at the bottom. So you're going to come all the way down. Let's say you're starting at a bottom position. We're going to come up as fast as we can, ideally take one second, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little less, hold one second at the top, kill all momentum, Get a good squeeze. And they're called chin-ups or pull-ups. Or really, we use that chin-up variation because your chin should be at the bar, if not slightly above. Okay, It shouldn't be where your head just about to hit the bar and you stop. We want full contraction and full uh, flexion all the way through that movement. Okay, So then we pause for one, and we're going to come down for three seconds. So again, it's going to be a five-second total tempo on each one of these. One second up, one second hold, three seconds on our lowering phase. Okay, Then we're taking a rest. Let's go into our third exercise. For our third one, we're doing 10 reps of our chest-supported dumbbell rows. Now, for this one, we're going to have the bench at a slight incline. And again, this one might be a little bit more, a 30 to 45-degree angle. 
We're going to be resting our chest on the bench. And you're going to have your knees at a flex position, ideally at a 90-degree angle. The reason I like this is because there's a good carryover to most athletic endeavors in sports that your legs are going to have to get into a 90-degree position at some point. So we want to get them comfortable being able to fire and contract there. But again, that's just my preference. You can do a variation of things depending upon your sport. We can even go into full extension so your legs are straight back. That's dependent upon what you need. With that being said... What our tempo is going to be the exact same. So we come up for a good fast contraction. We're going to hold it there one second and then come down three. Now for that contraction, again, what we're going to focus on is not only our arms coming up. I want those dumbbells to come as high as they can. I want your elbows to stay tight to your body. So your elbows aren't going to flare out to a 45 or a 90 degree angle. We want them as tight to your body as possible. I think like we're hugging our ribs. That's the analogy in the cue I like to give people and clients. So elbows nice and tight. Hold it there for that one second. Make sure you're squeezing those shoulder blades, the scap, all those muscles in there. You're going to benefit from a good pause and control there. And then again, we rest and we're going on to our next movement. This one, we're going up. We're going in 12 reps with our cable reverse scarecrows or our resistance band reverse scarecrows. And what that basically means is the resistance is going to be coming from our ankles or from the ground. It's depending on how much room you have and the range of motion that you have. You could either work from your knees or you could work standing on this one, but we want our hands starting lower right by our hips and the resistance to be coming from the ground or from the floor or from a downward angle. And the idea is we're going to raise our arms up. Oh, I'm sorry. We're going with a reverse scarecrow. So we're actually, that would be our typical scarecrow where we'd be having it from the ground. For our reverse scarecrow, we actually want the resistance coming from overhead. So we would have those cable columns at our shoulders, if not higher, or the resistance for our resistance bands coming from just above our shoulders. And again, we're going to start with our hands crossed in an X position in front of our face with our arms straight, not fully locked out. Let's say a five degree bend in our elbows, but then we're locked in that position. And the only thing that's moving is our shoulder joint and we're bringing our hands to our hips. So if you start in X motion, you should be opening up to now you're turning into more of a I or a Y position. And you're, let's say if your left hand is starting across your face to your right ear, you're going to finish with that left hand at your left hip, if not right by your leg and your thigh. Depending on if you're going from your knees or you're starting from standing, it may be positionally a little bit higher, a little bit lower. And again, we're doing this 12 reps, so both hands would be doing that at the exact same time. So your left hand would be going to your left hip, your right arm and right hand would be going to your right hip. Then you would come back up, make that X pattern in front of your face. Again, keeping your arms locked out, more or less with a slight bend in there. Getting a good squeeze. Again, we have that for 12 reps, then we get our rest in. And again, each one of our rest periods is at about a minute. But for those, especially the earlier exercises that are the more challenging and more demanding ones, we can take a a longer rest period if we need it. All right, and then we're diving into 15 reps of our standing cable column with our external rotation. For these, because we're standing, what I normally like to do is take either a towel or a t-shirt or a hoodie or something that's rolled up and put a little bit of space between my elbow and my rib cage, A, to give me a proper cue and squeeze to make sure my elbow isn't flaring out, which is causing some other muscles. We don't want to necessarily be engaged in this movement to fire up. We want to really specifically focus on our external rotators and again, the rotator cuff, they're going to be responsible for this particular movement. So if again, we let those elbows flare out, it'll take away from that movement. So the positioning again is I should be starting with my hand in front of my belly button and the resistance, if I'm using my right hand, the resistance should be coming from my left. And then as I turn my hand away from my body, I should have a 90 degree bend in my elbow and my, my elbow is not extending or flexing anymore. I'm just rotating my hand away so that my, now my palm was starting facing my belly. By the time I'm done with the movement, the palm should be facing away from me. 
And so as if I'm opening a door or opening a window. Okay, we're gonna do that for 15 repetitions and then we do the same thing on the left side and you would have, again have for the left side, the resistance would be coming from your right. That's again gonna be followed by a rest. And that's our first full superset, okay? We're gonna go through that four times. So you do each individual exercise, rest for a minute to two minutes in between each one. And once you're done with all those exercises, you're gonna go through that four total times. And when you're done with all four, that's the finish of the workout. So that would be upper body for day number one. Now, for our second workout, which is going to be lower body day number one, which would be ideally Tuesday, we're starting with trap bar deadlifts. And now, again, we're doing four sets of this, but our rep range is going to be slightly lower for the first couple exercises because, again, we're focusing on power and speed. And a lot of these movements, we may even start with low weight or lower weight than we normally would do because we want that initial quick firing. So we have five reps of our trap bar deadlifts. The reason I like trap bar deadlifts is because it requires much less coaching and much less less critiquing of form because it allows you to be in an easier position with our trap bar. Now, if you feel comfortable and you have good coaching and you want to go with a barbell deadlift, by all means, I'm with that. But I just want to put you in a position as possible to get the most bang for your buck with the least amount of risk. And this tends to be that because even when you are comfortable with a regular barbell deadlift, if a coach isn't there and you're not really having your form being watched and you tend to go a little heavy and maybe you're not looking in the mirror, and even if you are looking in the mirror, depending on where the mirrors are set up, if you have to look to the right or the left to view your form and your posture, you're now going to hurt your neck and risk injury and so on and so forth. But even with that being said, a coach being there is ideal. And even then, a lot of times trap bar deadlifts allow us to lift a little bit heavier so we can get even more uh, muscular contraction, more engagement, more neurological overload, which is beneficial for growth and also for performance and so on and so forth. But again, our tempo is going to be the exact same like we were talking about in our upper body where we're going to come down for three seconds, pause one second, then as explosively and as fast as we possibly can fire up. Again, this is going to be followed by a one to even up to a three-minute rest period. This one you can rest a little bit longer. Then we're going into our next exercise, five reps. And again, all of these are going to be one superset. Again, just one giant superset repeated four times through. Next, we have five reps of our seated box jumps. Now, the ideal position for this seat on this box jump is that we want to sit at a height that's going to put your body at 90 degrees, okay? If not, maybe slightly lower than 90 degrees because, again, of what the type of muscle contraction we're looking to get and the type of muscle fibers and firing and and muscle groups we're looking to contract. Uh, So we want to be at least at 90 degrees, if not slightly lower. And then the goal is What I even like to do is raise my feet off the ground and then slam them. And the second my feet touch the ground, I am firing. All the muscles are contracting. It's a nice cue up. And then it also tends to help, depending on your sport, to visualize a situation where you may need that. For example, for me, it may be after I throw a kick and my feet land the ground, then I want to throw a jumping knee or maybe I have to check a kick or do some type of explosive movement. Anything like that will come in handy for, obviously, basketball. For any other sport, it should be kind of uh, obvious for you. And if not, you can always reach out to us here to help. So we're doing our five reps quick and explosively as possible, jumping up. But once we land, again, slowly controlling. It doesn't even have to be five seconds total on this one. This one can go by a little bit faster. You can take a little bit more time. It's not as important to lower on the eccentric lowering phase to really get three seconds in as long as you just control. And then the quickest firing off the ground is the really, really important part. All right, now we're digging again our one to three minute rest period. Now we're going into six reps of Romanian deadlifts. This is where If we have it, we're using a barbell. If not, we can use dumbbells. But it's going to be both our legs at the same time. We're not doing a single leg variation just yet. We're on this particular protocol. So 
For our tempo, it's the same idea. Three seconds down, one second pause at the bottom, and then a quick firing up. And again, for our Romanian deadlifts, these are our straight leg deadlifts. So we have a slight bend in the knee, but again, we're just kind of staying in that position and we're really hinging at our hip with a nice flat back. Again, squeezing our shoulder blades back as if we're squeezing a pencil between them. That's a really important part to make sure our posture and our body stays in good position. And you're really just hitting all those muscles in our posterior kinetic chain or the back of our body that are really important to athletics. And then we're going to, again, take our minute rest, upwards of two minutes on this one. Now we're going into a lateral jump. So this is going to be a little bit more of a fast firing rate. We're not really using any kind of resistance on this one. If you really want to get fancy or get really, really fun with it, you can use a platform that's going to have your resistance on it, or you can use some dumbbells here. But I highly recommend to tread with caution when you're bringing resistance into this. Really make sure you feel comfortable. Have a coach, or I've done this at least before, before you just jump right into using weighted resistance because that can really increase the risk of injury if you're not comfortable with it and you're not in the right position. So the idea is we're going to do lateral jumps. We're jumping, instead of just jumping straight up and trying to do a vertical jump or even a knee tuck jump, we're just trying to jump, but we're trying to move to the right. And then once we land, we're immediately going back to our left. And the goal is to just then spend as little time as possible on the ground. We're trying to fire quickly and not get in the habit of letting the feet stay on the ground for too long. This is going to be a 30 second um, round, so we're not doing this for reps. It's going to be for time. So we have 30 seconds of continuously firing, which can be a long time. So really try and pick a height that's going to allow you to do it and try and just fire as quickly as possible. Even if you're not really jumping that high off the ground, just quickly firing your feet is the key to this particular one. Again, we're going to take our rest period, and they're going into uh, lunges. And we're going to do uh, front lunges, six repetitions on each leg, and this is where we're using a dumbbell. So we have our dumbbells, we're going to have them at our side. Again, don't let them rest on your actual hips or legs. I want you to have them just slightly off of your body where they're not touching, so you can use your core and all your stabilizers a little bit more. And the key for this one is there's always that um, misconception of do we want our, or the debate of do we want our knees going past our toes or not. And for this particular one, it's just really the, the knee positions more for the muscle part of it, the muscle engagement of what we're firing and going after, as opposed to what's good for your knee or not. It's been pretty much busted the theory that if you put your knees past your toes, that it's going to injure your knee. It's just a matter of what the exercise is, the weight load, and the body positioning, your hip positioning. Your knees are going to probably have to go past your toe in a squat position if you're going to get really deep. For a lunge, on the other hand, because we're looking to go more of the posterior side of it and our hamstrings, even though we are still using our quads to an extent, we're really focusing on those hamstrings. We want the knees to be pretty much at our toes and to get a 90-degree angle in our leg when we're doing our lunge and then pushing off the ground. That's a big cue I like to tell people is when you do a step forward lunge and then you come back, not just stand up and then push back switch your feet i really want you to explosively push yourself back as if you're trying to push the ground away from you it's going to add another layer a little bit more muscle recruitment and a little bit more neurological recruitment into that movement all right now we got a modified glute ham raise so this one i wanted to make sure we had glute ham raise variations in here but it's tough because not everyone's going to have access to a glute ham machine or a glute ham can just any kind of tool that will allow you to do it. So we're going to do a modified version with a physio ball that hopefully you will have. And the idea is you're going to have the physio ball close to the wall and your actual feet are going to go onto the wall. Your heels are going to go onto the wall. Your toes are going to go on the wall and your knees are going to be driving into the physio ball. So you're kind of going to have your shins parallel to the ground. Okay. And there should be some space there. And you're really going to feel this in your hamstrings and your glutes because they have to work to be able to push and stabilize into the physio ball. Now for this one, you're going to be hinging at your hip, almost like a straight leg 
deadlift until you can get as far down as you can, ideally until you're either touching the physio ball or the ground, depending on your height and your range. Now, if you really feel comfortable and you really feel strong with this, instead of hinging at your waist, you can hinge at your knees and really let all of your upper body and even your legs hinge forward as long as it's not in the way of the, the physio ball doesn't get in the way. And again, we can add weight to this. I like to use plates instead of dumbbells, but the preference is yours. I just find it easier to hug to my chest. The key to this is make sure the weight is close to your body. I don't want to see a lot of space from the weight and your body because the risk of just potentially straining something is going to be higher that way. All right. And now we're going to finish up our super crazy monster set or uh, very uh, technical term, by the way. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Our monster set is what I'm just going to call this. Uh, We're finishing up with farmer walks. We're going to go for a tenth of a mile on this. This one I'm really challenging you guys, and this is going to make a huge impact for performance, not only for our total body strength perspective, but just from a grip perspective. So for farmer walks, anyone that's not familiar, we're having just weights in our hands that are holding by your side, and you're just going to have to walk and control your movement. There's a couple of key points here. I don't care if you use barbells. I don't care if you use dumbbells. I don't care if you use any kind of special modified equipment or tools. As long as you have weight in your hands that's a resistance that's going to be challenging to you, that's the key part. I want you to have to um, pick a weight that's going to allow you to finish. I don't want you to have to stop. If we're trying, we're going for a tenth of a mile, which is a long period. That's 160 meters. That's a lot. Okay, so maybe we're not going to be going three to four hundred pounds. Maybe we're going to be doing a hundred pounds. Okay, fifty pounds, or whatever the the amount that you can hold for that distance. But the key here is to just pick a weight that you can make it to about the end, and then right for the last ten yards or ten meters, you're really struggling. You're just barely finishing the line, and then you have to drop the weights. Okay. And again, this is also going to get your heart rate up too. This isn't like it's an easy movement just um, and it's just challenging to your grip. This is a total body, very demanding workout, and that's why I wanted to finish up with this one. You can take even upwards of five minutes to recover from because it's the last exercise on the monster set, and then we're going to repeat this for a total of four sets. And that's our lower body breakdown. So we did the upper body, we did the lower body, and basically you would repeat that two times. So you do that Monday for your upper, Tuesday for your lower, Wednesday you take off, Thursday, you're going to repeat that process again where you do upper body on Thursday and then ideally try and even add a little bit more weight to it, a little bit more resistance, anywhere from 5 to 10 to 15% resistance, whatever you can handle. At least make sure if, this ideally shouldn't be to the point where you can't repeat this again and have the same kind of weight. If that's the case, you either went too heavy the first time or maybe we want to back off and add another rest day before we hit back and do another workout cycle. So you would then maybe take Wednesday and Thursday off and then finish up Friday and Saturday where you do upper and lower body. So those are the big things and that's what I wanted to kind of break down for this. Even though we do a lot of this explanation and all the audio is in the actual plan when you buy it on our Kawhi Fit um, link, which again I provided below. The key is for those that don't have the headphones yet that haven't gotten them, I know Kawhi Fit's doing a great job of constantly working on it. They still have some kinks to work out as far as um, just perfectly integrating not just the audio and all the benefits but making sure that it's just as streamlined as possible i think it's actually a pretty sleek and a functional piece of equipment but i know that when you like even if you look at the reviews and you've looked at what they've done um they have pretty good reviews but you're going to see a couple that are like ah you know what mine was faultier i had an issue and that's where they were first starting out they and that's why i think it's really great about this. this is a grassroots started company where they didn't start with any capital they started themselves um no big funding behind it they kick started it up and then People were like, hey, I want to try it, and they got mostly good reviews, and they were able to continuously grow, and we've been working on them on things to improve for the programs aspect of it and even for the equipment.
equipment aspect of it and we've seen them make improvements and constantly put new things out and they're refunding or if not sending you new things so I, I think it's a really cool company and I'm really excited to have Life of a Fighter being working with them and being able to try these programs and that is pretty much it guys for episode 107 again check the links let us know if there's other workouts you want us to be able to work on and for you to have let us know if you have any issues with accessing it or with those links and as always keep kicking ass and taking names i will catch you next time so i just wanted to say thank you guys again for watching listening consuming that episode if you guys enjoyed it and you haven't already please like uh please comment if you haven't reviewed please leave a review if you haven't followed or subscribed please do that as well again it tremendously helps us out and then just a quick reminder if you guys want more resources we have them below we have our programs everything from free all the way up to paid and kind of everything in between dial in with the customization and we have more information on different programs and resources in our newsletter so if you haven't signed up for that do so below it's free and that is it y'all see you on the next one